You're listening to 88.7 Smithfield Providence HD2, or you're tuned in at WJMF.com. I'm Brian Casa. And I'm Carter Adams. And this is Down to the Wire. Welcome back, everyone. we got a packed show for you guys tonight. Yes, we do. It is, fri- it is Friday, September 25th. Uh, you know, it should be the end of our week, but we do have Saturday classes tomorrow, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Put I mean, an exclamation point after that. Yeah. What have your thoughts been on the whole Saturday classes recently? I mean, I, I mean, I, I couldn't, I doubt you'd say you're a fan by any chance. Oh no way! I don't think anyone could say they're a fan because no. the last thing you want to do after a Friday night is wake up and do do classes on Saturday. Yeah, I really don't think that they're even that you know effective in what they're trying to do and you know trying to get in the, that extra time of the semester. It really just feels like they're just trying to make busy time essentially. No, you're right, but at the same time, we're getting home uh, right before Thanksgiving because of the Saturday classes. If we if we weren't then um, we'd be getting home five days later. Yeah, you can make that. You can make that argument. I mean, I get it. Uh, it is definitely. It is definitely kind of a tough road to take. I would have. I. I just think that one of my personal gripes about it right now is the fact that we were. Uh, you know, the first Saturday class we had it, and then we had a week in between to rest up, and now we're having this one. Two weeks in a row. They're giving us it two weeks in a row, which is just a plain mess, and I'm not a fan whatsoever. Well, me neither. That's like two days off in in the course of 14 days. And and you can't even really say that because I mean, even on Sunday you're gearing up for you know the next week's batch of work, and yeah. it's just a it's just a whole mess. But uh, you know, we grind over here at Bryant. Oh, absolutely. Yes. You know, you just got to do whatever you can, but. You know, let's just let's jump into the sports world. Yeah, let's go. All right, so you know we ha- we got to see uh, we got to see you know the Lakers and Nuggets. You know, game game four. You know, Lakers ended up taking it over Denver. They're now three one in the series. Uh, it really just seems like a wrap at this point. Uh, I'd like to say that, but if history repeats itself at all, look at the last two series that the Nuggets were involved in. You know, you can say that, but this is LeBron and AD. Yeah, you're right. It, it is playoff LeBron. It's going to be extremely challenging if the Nuggets want to come back from this one. I'd say even more challenging than the last two. Oh, without question. Without question. I mean, you got two you got two, you know, um, like outstanding superstars over in LA, not and not to even mention the the immense talent that they yeah, already have. For, for a little bit there last night, it looked like the Nuggets maybe could have had some hope when AD went down, but Th- that is going to be something. That injury was not anything. That anything is going to be bad. something to look for in Game Five, though, to see is this going to be, uh, you know, a nagging injury for AD? Mm-hmm. Is he going to have some more troubles with this going forward? There were a few things that happened. I mean, I saw him get hit in the face and then drain a three. Um, that that guy's a trooper. I mean, if AD can stay healthy, he didn't show like very many signs of that last night. But uh, if he can stay healthy, I think the Lakers, without a doubt. Yeah, I th- I mean series. I think they're ta- I think they're taking it to the finals and you know judging by the way that the Celtics Heat series goes tonight, which you know I the the Celtics have been playing just abysmal basketball lately, yeah. you know uh, something is going to have to be you over. know unfortunately <laughs> there is going to have to be a shakeup this off season of of something over up in Boston. I mean I don't know what it's going to have to be, but something, it's going to have to be something. Something something is going to have to change. Who do you mm-hmm. think is probably going to be the guy that has to go out the door? Uh, I really don't think it's going to be Brad Stevens by any chance. No, no, no. Yeah, it's probably going to be a player yeah, trade. Yeah. No, no changes in the front office. But um, for for players, I I really think Gordon Hayward is out the door. You do? I I do. Uh, or I don't think he's out the door. I think he should be out the door. Mm. And the reason why I say I don't think he's going to be out the door is because he's Brad Stevens' boy. Exactly. He's yeah. Brad Stevens' boy. They play like father like son. Yeah. And uh, the last thing he would do is get rid of his guy. Yeah. Gordon Hayward definitely showed some signs uh, last game of becoming more efficient, better player. He, uh, there were some times where we were down and he shot a few uh, crucial threes to get us back into the game. 
brought the score back a little bit, but this Miami team is tough. Yeah. Very tough. Yeah. I think right now, personally, if I had to, if I had to choose the guy who's probably going to end up being, you know, on on the waiver wire, I think it's going to be Smart. Smart. I I just have a feeling it's going to be Marcus Smart, which is, you know, I'm I'll probably be disappointed by that move because really, for you know, the Celtics team, he really is the grit of that offense. No, you're right. He's the heart and soul of that team. I, that's why I don't think it'll be Smart. But um, yeah. You know, so I mean, if they do end up having to trade Smart, I mean, uh, I mean, you know. It, this he it is kind of he is kind of a weird player in that system because, I mean for for the option that that he probably is in that offense where do you think that what do you think a comparable piece would be for a for a guy in a smart deal? Obviously a big man. Um, yeah. Celtic, the Celtics have shown signs of not being able to defend a big man because they don't have a solid big man. No, Daniel Tice is not a big man. Not getting the job done whatsoever. He is not a good big man. You can't. I mean, guess what? If you want to bring him off the bench and you want to use him in certain scenarios, fine. If you want to, if he you is were, not a starting center though. No, he's no not. Way. And it, I mean, you're never going to win with him as your starting center. It's mm-hmm. not going to happen. Look at every other team that's found success, especially in the in the bubble. They, yeah. have a, they have a big man. I mean, and a I, superstar big man. And I do get it that the big man, uh, you know, traditional position is kind of being phased out in a way, and you know, it is going to be, it is becoming more of a small ball league, and you and you do have these guys that are more shooting threes than anything else, but you do need a guy down low that can do, you know, the fundamentals of the classic big man, especially in the Eastern Conference. Look at this Miami team moving forward, especially when they have fans now. Yeah, you got Bam, you got all these guys down there. I mean, it's you, you need to do something. But, uh, I mean, speaking of the Miami Heat, I don't think it would be right if we didn't at least bring up Tyler Hero's performance in Game 4. Yeah, without a doubt. Tyler Hero's been playing out of his mind. I mean, that guy, I, I'll give it to him. I thought he was going to be more of a Grayson Allen type when yeah. he was coming out of college. I thought it was going to be like, oh, he's just this like spunky, kind of like like really cocky kid. And he's just gonna come, he's probably just going to come in the league and just be, you know, be like a one-dimensional player, and that'll be the end of him. No, you're right. But he has really just proven himself to be, you know, way more than that. And he has proven to be, you know, elite at what he does and at only 20 years old. And I, most of the guys with the swagger and confidence of Tyler Hero, they don't transition well into the NBA. Yeah, but no. It seems like maybe the NBA is starting to shift more towards that. Yeah, I mean, as, as I mean, if it haven't or as if it hasn't in the in, in the. Uh, Past. Oh, I mean, it's apparent. I mean, that's what the NBA is all about. The NBA is more show than anything. Yep. I mean, if the NBA yeah. didn't have that, like but Tyler Hero is proving himself to fit right in. Oh yeah, I mean, he's. I mean, for him landing in Miami, that is the perfect spot for him too. I mean, uh, you know, it's Coke. I mean, just the Miami atmosphere. But he's also gonna be have that couple with the you know with the leadership and uh, with the leadership of a guy like Jimmy Butler. That's the perfect storm for him down perfect, there. Perfect, because Jimmy Butler is the same exact way. Mm-hmm. I mean Jimmy Butler. He can, you know, he can have his, he can have his, you know, flashes of, of like, you know, razzle dazzle. But he can, you know, reel it in and tell, and tell a guy like, and get a guy in line, which that's, is, you know, one hundred percent what you no, need. No, you're right, and uh, that's why he didn't work out in other places. I mean, he's playing with the dogs now. Everyone else that's surrounding him wants to play the exactly the same, and um, that's why I think this Miami team is going to find some serious success, especially. Like I said before, when they have fans back in the stadium. Oh yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I they do need another big piece, though. I think that you know what they have right now is good. What they're building with, mm-hmm. and you know Jimmy Butler is great, and he's re- and I'm I am surprised, and he's way overachieving from what I thought he'd be able to do. But it's not the Dirk Nowitzki uh, Mavericks where he where he was able to, where Dirk was able to beat Kobe and LeBron in the same playoffs. Uh, Jimmy Butler is going to need someone to get over, you know, the hump. It, at least, at least with the Lakers in in the Western Conference. I so if 
when the Heat, I do think, will probably end up advancing to the finals. I do think it is going to be, you know, the, the Lakers who take that, who take it, not just cut, not just because I think that, you know, it'll be the Lakers wanting it more. I think Jimmy Butler is going to go out there with incredible. Uh, he's going to really go out there and really want want it, but I think the Lakers will just have more talent on the court. So you think it's safe to say right now that the Miami Heat, if if you're the Miami Heat, you have the East on lockdown pretty much. Don't know how it's going to be in the future, but for now you have the East on lockdown. I mean, at least for this year, I don't anything can change next so year. The, you, the Bucks could come back, get a big piece, and they could just completely rule the division, or the Celtics could make a move and then do something that way. But, so you think it's a matter of how do we push past the Western Conference now? Oh, I mean, you have that's obviously the goal. You need to, I mean, first of all, you do need to make it past the East with the guys that you have, but I mean, at least right now they are they do have to game plan for the finals to say the least. Yeah. I, I really don't know how that team is going to handle guarding LeBron. I don't know how I don't know how you can. I mean, Bam is going to get worked in that finals. Yeah. Bam is going to get it. I think he's really just going to get a hand to him. I mean, <laughs> we're, we're saying in that finals like like the Celtics are out of the question, but I mean, it is still 3-1. It is three one. I mean, the Celtics did didn't end up coming back and beating the Raptors in seven after going down after giving two back to the Raptors after they were up two zero. So I mean, it is possible, but I just at this moment in time, I just don't know if I just don't see them reaching down and really pulling it out. If they do end up if they do end up doing that, I couldn't be more thrilled. But uh, right now, it just I just don't know if they have it in them right now, especially with the way that the series has yeah, been going. Yeah, the odds are definitely not in our favor. Yeah, if they do it, then I, I will 100% come on here and say I was wrong. But <laughs> yeah. you know, right now they just don't seem to oh, have I that. I think a lot of people them. are going to be saying that if oh that my, happens. Oh my God, 100%. All we can do is keep our fingers crossed at this point. I really don't think the team is in good enough shape to push push past. But uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, uh, in MLB news, uh, you know. You know, longtime uh, Kansas City Royals outfielder Alex Gordon is gonna call it up, is gonna end up calling it quits after 14 years with the team. He came up in 2007, I believe. He's a three-time All-Star with seven Gold Gloves. Uh, you know, the guy, the guy was a cornerstone, helped the Royals reach the World Series in 14 and win it in 15. Uh, the guy has just been, you know, he was a solid rock for that for that team. And I mean, to stay loyal for them to them that long, especially after they, especially after the fall off they had after 2015. I mean, I commend the guy, and I, you know, congratulations on an on amazing career. Definitely, yeah. I'm, I'm not too familiar with the name, but yeah. So I mean, Gordon, I, I don't think he's going to be a Hall of Fame caliber player, but he's de- he's definitely one of those players. It's like it's not like the Hall of Fame, but mm-hmm. if there was the Hall of Good, he would be in it. Gotcha. So it's like it's more of just like one of those players that, you know, you if you are a fan of a team like that, then you'll probably remember that person more. Like if, like unfortunately due to due, due to injuries, I don't think that Dustin Pedroia will probably end up getting into Cooperstown but mm-hmm. among Boston fans you know Boston fans are going to end up remembering guys like a Veritech or a Pedroia more than gotcha. more than the more than right, these well, other guys. Yeah that helps me make the comparison just a little bit. Yeah that's kind of what Alex Gordon is in Kansas City among those fans. Uh, also in MLB news Walker Bueller uh, Dodger, Dodgers pitcher made his final tune-up start uh, before the playoffs. Uh, he, um, he went four innings uh, pitched 65 pitches against the Oakland A's in a 5-1 win he only allowed one hit and and gave up one walk while while also striking out six. Uh, I don't know if you know Bueller too well. No. Yeah, uh, it's all good. Nah, so Bueller is. I mean, it's actually it, it, the story behind him is actually pretty incredible. I mean, he in 2017 when the Astros ended up beating the Dodgers in that controversial World Series. Now, Walker Bueller was in the stands watching that game, and mm. then the very next year, 
he was pitching in the, he was pitching in the World oh Series. wow yeah it's crazy i mean there was pictures of him like just in the stands of the, as the dodgers were playing the astros and then the very next year when the dodgers were playing the red sox he was on the mound starting i think game two it's crazy mm-hmm. it, it, i mean the i mean the guy's a stud and i mean if he's healthy for the postseason it's just going to be another lethal arm for the dodgers but you know, it is going to beg the question, can they finally get over the hump? I mean, they've they've really struggled for, you know, I mean, almost the better part of a decade now trying to break through. I think they have, you know, upwards of, I think, either eight or nine straight division titles. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you know, the Padres are now really creeping on their heels. So, I mean, it's really now or never for L.A. Yeah, no, you're right. It, it could have been uh, against the Astros, but uh, that could have been the breakthrough. Yeah, maybe. If... Uh, they didn't cheat. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely say, you know, with the decision that came down in that postseason, uh, well, at least in this offseason, you know, the Dodgers might be more fired up to go into a postseason knowing that, knowing that they were robbed, at least in that World Series. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, they lost, the, they lost the one after that. And, you know, they could definitely say that they're, you know, ready to go and they're just more fired up than ever. But it really is just going to be it real time really is just going to tell them that's in that situation yeah i mean uh let's hope so yeah uh and then also the cubs uh recently announced that they are planning to you know uh you know have fans at wrigley in a reduced capacity for the 2021 season uh an espn article said that based on advice from medical experts as well as restrictions because of local ordinances the cubs are not expected to be at full capacity to start the season uh what are your thoughts on the fact that you know they're already trying to make you know predictions about this this early it's just it's a matter of inconsistency for me especially in the MLB. I mean, you have you have teams with the virus being spread throughout the players and now you have teams like the Cubs having fans at the game. Well, that'll be that'll be that'll be next year. Yeah, well, you still never know what's going to happen next year. Yeah. I still think that they should be personally right now. I don't think that the Cubs should really be saying anything at this point. I mean, we do have there is reports of a vaccine being available by the end of next month if those reports still stay true then, you know, really anything is still on the table. So I would say, you know, wait till, wait till I, I would at least say the end of, you know, probably the postseason to before you make any announcements like that. Mm-hmm. Even, you know, I would say wait till free agency or the winter meetings or anything like that before you start making an announcements about fans. I mean, I get it. Local ordinances are what they are. And, you know, you can't control what your governors do in that sort of a sense. But it is, but I would recommend that they, uh, you know, still kind of, yeah, you know, I would hope that they more remain optimistic in this thing because, you know, we don't know where we're gonna be a year from now. Basically, yeah, you know, it is it is still up in the air. So I would, mm-hmm. I, I would, I would, you know, be interested to see like where we are come, you know, March and April of 2021. I mean, maybe it's just uh, baseball's like poor marketing, but you look at you look at the NFL, they're able to effectively have fans in some stadiums and not others. But it just seems like baseball, all you hear is horror stories. Yeah, I mean, you know, the I mean, you've heard about all the viruses spreading like wildfire throughout the clubhouses. Uh, I will say that recently there haven't been as many, you know, concerns. You could make that the case because the coronavirus has basically just burned through the team at this point, mm-hmm. and it can't really do any more damage. Uh, but you know, it is going to be interesting to see whether these, whether you know, it comes back in any sort of fashion uh, next year at all with these guys. Yeah, I mean, let's see. Yeah. Uh, in NFL news, uh, I don't know if you saw the clip of Bill Belichick at that at the you know the I don't know how to say it, it was the press conference. Mm-hmm. Basically, just showed up looking basically like a homeless person, like, like he got mauled by a bear on yeah. his work. Yeah, you know, I mean, did you see that? I did. Yeah, it, usually his shirts are never fully intact, but not to that extent. Yeah, I mean, that looked like that looked like basically a grandfather just like taking whatever you know beat up like high school polo out of 
out of like whatever bin he had and just thrown it on. I mean that that thing looked so dated. I I guess the report is that he hadn't worn it since they lost to the Eagles. That was wow. the report, I guess. But okay. I have nothing that could really substantiate that. And I just don't know. Like, I mean, that just proves that, like, you know, he, that guy is one hundred percent just focused on football and nothing else. Oh, you're right. I mean, I mean it, it just further proves that, as if uh, everybody didn't know it already. I mean, I'm not trying to say that Bill Belichick's lack of style should be, you know, something that should be, you know, admired or anything in that sense. <laughs> but I mean, it is. It but is. the lack of style is his style. Oh yeah, no, 100 percent exactly. And it just shows that this guy is just like, you know, this guy doesn't care what he's wearing. He's just gonna go out there and he's just gonna. Yeah, perform. like you said, it's just it's a symbol for his personality. Oh yeah, no, I, it's 100 percent. It, I found that hilarious. <laughs> uh, uh, also in NFL news, we had uh, we were talking about on Wednesday. Uh, Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert was recently named to be the starter for week three by by head coach Anthony Lynn, who basically said uh, Tyrod's going to be our guy. But, you know, after he had his punctured lung, uh, you know, you know, Herbert's going to be the guy to go. And what are your thoughts on, you know, Herbert finally, you know, going to maybe get some confidence in him by the coach and, you know, getting that start? I guess I really just don't know. It, it was Herbert named the starter because he outplayed Tyrod or is Herbert named the starter because Tyrod is injured? Uh, it really is up in the air right now. I don't know what the whole. I don't know like what the severity of the punctured lung. I would probably have to say it. More, you know, if you ask Anthony Lynn, you know, with the situation, he basically said it. Tyrod gives us the best chance to win. If you ask Lynn right now, I bet you he is going to say that it is you know injury related. But if you know, I'm I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that Herbert can go out there and really perform. Yeah, I mean, if if you're Justin Herbert in this situation, you got to go out there and ball because clearly your coach is on the fence. He doesn't know if you're if you're a starting starting quarterback caliber yet. He knows you probably will one you will be one day. But if he doesn't go out there and ball, then um, he may never get his shot. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think that it really is you know Justin Herbert's time to just go out there and do his thing. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, I mean he he proved it against the Chiefs in week two. Mm -hmm. But um, do you know who the Chargers are facing? I don't three? off the top of my head. I have to go take a look, but uh, not one hundred percent on that. Well, whoever it is, Justin Herbert, ball out. I think he'll give him. I think he'll give him a, a better game than you know than Taylor would. Yeah, I mean, I, I was really unsure of the guy coming into the league, but he's proving himself. Well, he has proved himself through one game. We never know what could happen after. Yeah, as teams can figure a solid a guy NFL out. build type player. So, let's see. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, in Thursday night's game last night, we got to see uh, the terribly hyped up game, you know, between Fitzmagic and. Uh, and Gardner Minshew, uh, I I don't know if you saw the like basically the press going into that game. That was I did. It was ridiculous. I mean, the NFL, you couldn't have found a, you couldn't have found a better game to put on a Thursday night. Well, I mean, I guess they they did all they could by hyping up the facial hair. Yeah, <laughs> I, I get it. It only gets you so far. I mean, yeah, I didn't it, even tune into the game last no, night. No, I didn't. It was just a mess. I mean, I guess I guess Ryan Fitzpatrick ended up having three touchdowns. He threw. I guess he threw a good ball to Mike Isecki. I, mm -hmm. I saw that on highlights. Uh, but really, I mean, you know, I think that the NFL just really should have, could have put a better game out there. Uh, I mean, it really just wasn't entertaining whatsoever. For me, even as just a Pats fan right now, it, it's almost nice to see Ryan Fitzpatrick getting some some respect as as a starting quarterback. I do want to see the guy do do well this year because yeah, for the it, most part, it's the, looking for the most like part, the guy's just a meme around the exactly. league. Exactly, it's looking like this will probably be close to the end for him. Because I'm sure we'll have a healthy Tua next season. So what's Probably next for this? Season. What's next for Ryan Fitzpatrick? 
I mean, you, you honestly could make the case that he might do what a, what a guy like Josh McCown has done. Where I don't know if you I don't know if you know the whole Josh McCown situation, do you? Uh, no, no, no. So basically, uh, McCown I think is 41 right now, and you know last year he made he made that playoff start when Wentz went down, and you know he you know um, he went out there and he played on a he played on a bad hamstring, and basically, uh, you know, so Josh McCown. Uh, so he he went out there and he played on a bad hamstring and basically this year uh, the Eagles have Wentz back healthy and they have and they ended up drafting Jalen Hurts but you know they respect a guy like McCown so much uh, just for that veteran presence that basically they signed him to the practice squad and you know he's the oldest practice squad player I guess ever in history and wow. he is going and but he is not in Philly he's actually in fact in Texas making twelve thousand dollars I think a week and he's just there basically coaching his son's football team. And he's and he's just going to do that until either the season's over or if all the Eagles quarterbacks get hurt and they just need him. Yeah, I mean it's cool to see things like that happening throughout the league. Yeah, so I think that could honestly be something that Fitzpatrick looks at. Uh, you could look at the guy to become you know some sort of a some sort of a coach slash scout kind of mm -hmm. in the future. I mean, the guy definitely you know has stuck around the league long enough. I you'd think he'd learn a thing or two yeah. while doing it. So I mean, you know, definitely could be a guru of some of some sort, and you know, I would say just look for him to, you know, probably take a leadership role in some sort. So you really don't think he's coming back as uh, a quarterback? I mean, you could make a you could make a call that he would come back as a quarterback, basically in a backup role somewhere else. I don't think mm -hmm. that anyone's going to be giving him giving him like the keys to any offense and basically saying this is this is Ryan's team. But you know, I think that you know it could. I think that he could, you know, stick around a little while longer. But really, you know, max two years. I yeah, think. I agree with you. I mean, he doesn't show signs of being young or aging well at all. Oh yeah, no. Especially if you look at that beard, it's pretty gray. Oh yeah, it's also kind of gross. I, I'd like to see him do something like the Josh McCown situation because it's almost like giving back to your elders in a way. A little bit. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. You know, it it would be cool to see him just basically. You know, even if he's on the sidelines and he's just kind of an emergency kind of guy, just have him out there. And, you know, if, if a team, if he could honestly coach up like a young guy or anything like that, you know, it's it, it'd be a, it's a good situation for him. Mm -hmm. Great, great guy. Yeah. Just oh, yeah. Personality. 100% great guy. I mean, he's turned himself into one heck of a personality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, another thing, another, you know, t another quarterback who is much younger at this point, but, you know, still has, you know, had some doubts in, on, in his career so far is Russell Wilson. I mean, I Russell Wilson has been, you know, one of the most electrifying quarterbacks that we've seen of, you know, this of this decade, I'd have to say. But he still has yet to win the MVP. Do you think that he will break through this year? I mean, he's showing the signs of it already. Yeah. I mean, he had I'd five. like to see it. I res I respect Russell Wilson. He's a great quarterback. Yeah. I mean, I know the league also treats the MVP like a kind of like more of a popularity contest. And I think that if Russell Wilson just has himself a pretty, uh, you know, like a Russell Wilson type season, you know, and just has that little bit more of an edge, I think that the NFL will, you know, end up giving it to Russell this year. I mean, he's already shown really good signs, you know, early, as you said. I mean, he had mm -hmm. five touchdowns, five touchdowns five against touchdowns. the Pats. Who else is going to go out and do that against the Pats? Yeah, not many. I mean, he had himself a day, and I think that if he really stays on track, he could do great things for the Seahawks this year. I mean, mm -hmm. he finally has those weapons. I mean, you know, even when they won the Super Bowl, you know, the weapons weren't there 100%. He finally really has solid weapons and guys like Lockett and DK, and it really looks like he could be able to do something out there. I really hope so. Yeah. 
Uh, also in Seahawks news, uh, running back Marshawn Lynch basically said in, said in an interview that if the Seahawks were to give him a call, if they're ever down, that he basically wouldn't sit like he'd have to think about it before coming back. I mean, I know I know you, you kind of remember last year he made oh, basically yeah. like a week seventeen comeback yep. against the Niners. Surprise! And appearance. I think in I think in every game he he appeared in, like even the playoff games, he scored a touchdown. I mean, you know, they got he he you definitely saw the age with him. I mean, he definitely, you know, did, did show signs of being older. You could also make the case that he was more out of shape than, you know, old at that point. Oh, he was. Yeah. yeah. And But, I mean, he still was electric when he was on the field, and he was able to, you know, add something to that Seahawks offense when guys like Carson and Penny went down. I really don't think he could say no to coming back. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to see it again. Oh, I mean, I would too. I mean, when Marshawn, if if he can be anything close to what he is, then, that, then it's over for the Seahawks. I mean, you know, that run – if that run game got a even even if he was a third down back or a guy that you only use at the goal line, that's that's just the perfect storm for you. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I I saw him when he came back and I was like I was like oh he's just not gonna be that he's just not gonna be that same guy he's gonna be you know he's just gonna be an out of shape you know body out on the field and the only thing that's gonna be notable notable about him is the twenty four on is the twenty four on his back that's yep. gonna be the only thing about him when he's on the field. But he did come out there and he did perform. Yeah, I mean, fresh legs. He he balled. Yeah, and if he can really and if he can stay true to that and really come out there and perform, I can't see anything that would really keep that would really keep him from doing that otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, also in NFL news, we you know we saw the Saints basically in week you know in week two they ended up going down to the Raiders. Uh, they're one, I believe they're one and one on the season. They beat they beat uh, Brady and the Bucks in in week one, but they did they did they did end up losing a tough one to the Raiders on Monday Night Football. Uh, they're playing the Packers this Sunday, and the Packers I believe are the and at least in power rankings wise are ranked as the fourth best team in football. Uh, the Saints are ranked five. Uh, I know, crazy, wow. right? Yeah. But you know, do you think the Saints are going to be able to you know they're going to be able to bounce back against this Packers team? Well, normally I would say yes, but I got the notification earlier that Michael Thomas is out again this week. Breeze's favorite target. He shows it all the time. Michael Thomas can catch any pass you put in his vicinity. Um, I, I just really don't see the Saints finding much success without that guy in the field. I really yeah, don't. I'd probably be on. I'd probably be on that side as you. I mean, you know, Kamara has been. Kamara's had a good start to the season. Oh, he's so a far. superstar. Oh, I mean, he's a superstar. Completely. That guy. He can, he can go out there and he can run the ball wherever he wants. And he can and, you know he can basically come down with any ball too. I mean the guys yeah the guys all are stud. over the place. Yeah the guys are stud. Uh, they are gonna end up missing you know Tom. They are gonna end up miss, missing Michael Thomas. But uh, you know hopefully they can hopefully they can do something. But you know I think that Aaron Rodgers is gonna have all his weapons, and I think the Packers will end up rolling to the dub. What about Devontae Adams? Is he? Injured. I believe Devontae is still injured, but I think that okay. Well, that well that puts a little fairness on the matchup. It could, but I think that the Packers right now do have that advantage. I think Lafleur is has, you know, actually been able to be successful in you know creating a good, a cr- good offense around Rodgers. I know there were some tensions around them last year, but they do seem to be on better terms this year, and the Packers do seem to be clicking more. Well, uh, I mean, let's hope so because the last thing Aaron Rodgers wants right now is for Jordan Love to be replacing him. I don't think that'll be happening anytime soon this year. You know, the only time I think you'll be seeing Jordan Love is during kneel down situations in, you know, a <laughs> blowout. But yeah, uh, you know, I don't even think Rogers is going to let him come on the field for that. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, uh, you know, another thing I was thinking about too is that I think Brady and the Bucks 
you know, Brady ended up winning his first uh, game as a Buccaneer on, I believe it was, yeah, on Sunday. He beat the Panthers. I think they're playing the Broncos this sun this Sunday. You know, they don't have, you know, they don't have Drew Locke out there. It's Jeff Driscoll. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think it's just going to be another easy game for the Bucks to end up rolling, rolling two for a win. Uh, you know, how do you think that, you know, Brady's going to fare against this Denver team? I really don't think he's going to have any issues. I yeah. mean, look, look at the way he was able to play against Carolina last week. I, I mean, to be fair, he's still at Jameis Winston level on the Buccaneers. He's yeah. got three touchdowns, but three interceptions. He, he hasn't broken that ratio yet. Yeah, he does need to break through. He really does, and I think this is this is the perfect opportunity for him because mm-hmm. this Broncos team is weak. I don't know if Cortland Sutton is still injured. Maybe, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, without Drew Locke out there, who I have expressed many times, I think he is the future of the Denver Broncos. I don't see any success. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to. Th- I'm. Re- I really am trying to think about that Broncos team. I really don't think they're going to be able to put up much of anything. To, to right now, at least, you know, unfortunately for Denver, this, I mean, you could make the case that Brady, you know, whenever he plays Denver, you never know. But, you know, this isn't the Peyton Manning Denver Broncos no anymore. No way. No way. Uh, you, you could make the case with this, with what this game is going to be. It's going to be more of kind of, you know, that classic Pats game where, you know, a, where, you know, the Pats have had, you know, a rough, either, you know, a rough win or just, or you know, just a brutal loss, and you know, a lot of team, a lot of people in the league are, you know, questioning them, and then they go out and they face a team like, uh, like the lowly Bengals, or they go out and they face a team, you know, like the Jets or the, the Jets. Dolphins, yeah, and then they just, put, and then they just put one on them. I think that's what this game is probably going to end up looking more like. I'm going to have to agree with you there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it really just seems like that's going to be what ends up happening for the most part. Yeah, I mean. If Brady can get out there and uh, keep delivering those balls where he wants to, I think they got it in the bag. Yeah, I mean, what are some Sunday things? That, what are some Sunday, you know, predictions that you're probably looking at? Um, I haven't even looked. Um, let me get the matchups out. Yeah, go through some of them. Well, we got Cam. On, we got Cam facing the Raiders. Cam facing the Raiders. Do you think that game is going to be, you know, a little too? Do you think that game is getting a little too much hype, or do you think that Derek Carr might actually give the Pats a good one? Uh, I really think that Derek Carr might give the Pats a good one. Really? This guy, this guy's playing out of his mind right now. But yeah. you never, you never know what's going to happen when he yeah. the Patriots. Though. That is true. I mean, you know, they, you know, he does have, uh, you know, you do have Henry Ruggs out there. You know, you do have, uh, you know, you know, you do have the running back, you know, out there. I'm trying to think of the guy's name. I'm, I'm blanking right now, but. Who am I thinking of? Uh, on the Patriots? No, Raiders running back. Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs, yep, stud. Uh, you know they got a lot of weapons out there, and I think that Jacobs will. I think that Jacobs will give the Pats trouble. And I'm wondering who Belichick. You know, you go into a, any Pats game, and Belichick always has that guy who he's trying to, you know, phase out of the game. Is it going to be Ruggs who he decides to phase out, or is it going to be, you know, a guy like Jacobs? Like what? It, you know, usually, usually Belichick will take away your number one option, and we'll say, and then we'll say, beat us with your two and three. Yeah. So I'm wondering, what does Belichick think is the Raiders' number one option? Well, I mean, if I'm Belichick, I'm getting rid of Josh Jacobs yeah. right, right off the bat, because this guy. You ever watched Josh Jacobs play? Oh, I mean, I've seen him. He's a stud. He is. I mean, he he can run that thing up the middle, and it doesn't matter who stops him. He is getting at least three or four yards on every single carry, mm-hmm. and that's going to be how the Raiders just slowly deteriorate the Patriots if Bill Belichick doesn't do something about Josh Jacobs. 100%. I mean, I, I, I think I said it last week that, you know, a lot of NFL experts were criticizing the Raiders when they took Josh Jacobs and they said, that they, and they were just like, you know, we don't know what they're seeing in this guy so early on in the draft. And, 
you know, you know, that's why NFL experts, you know, really don't deserve the title of expert all the time because, you know, what Josh Jacobs is, you know, performing like a stud out there. He is, yeah. and I think he fits perfectly into that uh, that Raiders offense, offense run by John Gruden. Yeah, and I mean, it it is so weird for me to think that John Gruden is, you know, leading a leading a team like that again. I, it is so weird to see him back in the league from him being the, the QB corner for so long. Yeah. But you know, it is. It is going to be interesting to see how Derek Carr fares against this Pats off, uh, Pats defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are depleted. They don't. They have a lot of guys who opted out, but they do seem to be. They do still seem to be strong. And I'm wondering how you know they are going to end up performing. You know, with all those guys absent. I, I hope the Patriots can perform well. Yeah. How do you think Cam's going to end up faring? If he comes out throwing again like he did in uh, in week two, I think he'll have no issues. But like I always say, I don't want to see this guy running around the field getting banged up because he is still injury prone. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, he does. I mean, one one shot can change the season for him. Definitely. I mean, if he if he, you know, he's playing 100% healthy right now. If he ends up having to play at 75 or or anything lower, you know, then then you're gonna start to see some problems emerge. Definitely. Yeah. I got I, a a little bit of an interesting matchup here. All right, uh, all right, hit me. The Titans at the Vikings. Okay. How are you feeling about this one? Titans Vikes. You know, Kirk, you know, I'm if Tyler was on right now, he'd be talking about how Kirk has been having some immense struggles lately, you know. <laughs> you know, I think that it is tough. I mean, it is weird to think that, you know, you look at a team like the Vikings who for the for a while now have had some decent success, but you know, you look at the Titans and is AJ Brown gonna be healthy? Uh, I don't I don't think so, no. Okay. That then in that case I think that the Vikes probably do have the advantage. If AJ Brown is healthy, then I think that is probably the deciding factor. But uh if if not, then the Titans are probably gonna have to go with that classic playoff run style that they've ran against the Pats and, and the Ravens. That's gonna be what they have to do. Yeah, I mean I think if you're the if you're the Titans in this game, you, you have to come out running the ball. I mean look at that. That Vikings secondary has always been stacked. Yeah. And um if you're the Vikings, all you can hope is that Kirk Cousins can find some targets because anything. It's been a while since we've seen him do that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, I I guess I, I I think we have some comments over. Comments. Uh, you want to go take a look and see yes. what questions we might be having. Um. So, Celtics need to pull it together tonight. Um. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, you know, if they don't, obviously the season, obviously the series is over. But even if they don't, if they don't end up putting up any any sense of a fight, then. You know, you're going to probably see some massive changes, I think, happen in this offseason. Yeah. I, I, mean, I really don't know how to approach the cha- the potential changes yet. I, I really don't know what needs to change besides the addition of a big man. But Yeah. I, I don't know. if I mean, it's going to be tough because, I mean, you know, if you do end up getting and, – and if you do end up adding that guy, someone is unfortunately going to probably have to go via trade somewhere. Uh, I don't think it is going to be Hayward. I know that you would probably say he's probably the best guy to go because mm-hmm. you know it. It probably doesn't make enough sense. But I could. I do think if someone is to go, it would be smart. And you know, a lot of people might not be happy with that. But I think you know, just if you look at him production-wise, you know, you can make the argument that po- that the points just aren't going to be there. Even though I think that smart is so much more than points. No, you're right. But that's I think, why. That's why I'm confused because. I think Marcus Smart is the heart and soul of that team, and I think his locker room presence alone would probably be enough to keep him around. Yeah. I think it is tough, though, because if you look at the guards on that team, and at least the guards and forwards, and you mm-hmm. probably have to say, 
one of these guys has to go, I think that, you know, the, the general manager might end up saying, well, it's smart because, you know, we don't know what he can really bring us at scoring-wise mm-hmm. if, some of these, if some of these others go down. Yeah, no, I agree. He would definitely be the first one out the door. Yeah, which is unfortunate, but it really just is what it is. It is what it is. Mm-hmm, without question. Uh, I, I know you were talking about uh, something else uh, NFL-wise. What was that that you were probably, probably talking about? Oh, we were just running through some of the matchups. For okay, this yeah, Sunday. yeah. Run me um, back on some of those. Yeah, let's let's get another one. Uh, Texans at the Steelers. Texans are zero and two. Okay, wow. Uh, I get. I knew there were some talks about you know the Texans possibly possibly looking at AB. Really? Yeah, there were. Uh, at, least, at least I was seeing some stuff. You know, some rumblings on ESPN. Okay. About you know the Texans possibly looking at acquiring Antonio Brown. You know, I think that they. I mean, they probably need it at this point. I mean, you know, if they're being if they're zero two at this point, and they really, you know, you know, a team like the Houston Texans, they really need to come out and just prove it. You know, I think that one hundred percent, they need to probably make that move. I, I really, I really don't know if I can agree with you on that one. I, I think a a b would be too much of a a toxic locker room presence, especially on a team like the Falcons, the Texans, or the Texans. That's what yeah. I meant. Uh, I mean, I I probably agree with you, but the idea of him being toxic, but you know, it, I, I mean, but Bill O'Brien's got Deshaun Watson. You know, you know, Watson is trying to you know be as dedicated as he can be. Trying to be without DeAndre Hopkins. And you know, he, you can only imagine how probably mad he is that you know Bill O'Brien traded away his favorite toy. He was and, probably mad about that, but then uh, happy once he signed that contract. Oh yeah, I mean, you can you can't argue with that, but uh, it, it almost seems like a trap. It yeah. really does. You, you get rid of you get rid of DeAndre Hopkins. There's a lot of drama there over the off season, and then you proceed to sign Deshaun Watson to a large extension, knowing that he doesn't have the weapons that he did before. Yeah, and that's why I'm seeing a guy like AB, even though he is going to probably be toxic in some sort. Uh, you know, I think O'Brien might just have to say, I think he's the, both the GM and the coach there. He might have to just say, Hey, my job might be on the line, so I think I might have to pull the trigger on something. <laughs> And you know, I think that if the Steelers ended up beat end up beating him, I mean, you can make the case that Big Ben, uh, you know, has been you know doing well after injury. But you know, you can't be you can't be letting Big Ben with his noodle arm that he has to have in a <laughs> that he has to have in a cryogenic freezer every you know five seconds. If he's beating you, then that really you know that's probably going to be the the mark on your season. I really think I am going to pick the Steelers on that one, though. Yeah, I do. I mean, unless they unless the Texans end up doing anything, I mean, the way. That you know they're not on. They're not. They're not riding that high right now. Yeah. Um. Let's uh. Let's see. Forty Niners at the Giants. That's. That that's really just a toss up. I mean, the only interesting that thing that you can the only interesting take that you can take away from that is that Jimmy Garoppolo won't be the starter. It's going to be Nick Mullins <laughs> because uh, Garoppolo's you know still real under injury. Injured, yep. Uh, you know that that's big for the Niners, especially you know that it, that's really just a mark of the Super Bowl hangover really taking effect. Mm-hmm. Another interesting one. I know we talk a lot on the show about uh, Joe Burrow and um, his future. Yeah, Bengals got the Eagles this week. Ooh, okay. Uh, you know, this is going to be, I mean, big game for Burrow, but I think probably, but I think much bigger game for Wentz. Yeah. I mean, I think Wentz will probably end up being do will end up doing fine because it's not a boxing match between the two. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think Wentz will be fine because this Bengals team, you know, anything outside of Burrow and. You can make the arguments of Green and a couple of the other receivers. Anything outside of that is just abysmal. So I think that he'll. I think that. Bur- I think that you know Wentz will be fine with this offense, even no matter who he has catching out there. 
I think that he'll be 100% fine against this Bengals team. You know, Burrow, you know, I don't I don't know how strong this Eagles defense is. I don't think they are what they used to be. So I, it would be interesting to see what he can do, what he can do against this defense. But I think, you know, in the end, the I think in the end, Wentz will end up taking it. When do you think Burrow finds his win this season? It's tough. I mean, you know, it's it's not about him getting a win. It's about the Bengals getting a win. No, you're right. Yeah. I mean, if if the if he was on any other team with you know with any sort of talent, he'd have a win at this point. It's just the fact that if I mean for the way he's been playing, he's been playing pretty solid. It's just that he just doesn't have he just doesn't have that talent around him that can do it on the other side of the ball. It's not LSU. <laughs> no, it is not. That, that guy's in for a rude awakening when he got to the league. Yeah, and but, I mean, um, I'm, it's tough for him, but I mean, that just is th- the case. Yeah, I think it's good for a quarterback to go through a little bit of losing like that, though, because I know Joe Burrow will find his his success in the league at some point. I think he's too he's going to be too great to to not find it. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. All I can uh, hope is that he does. Yeah, another quarterback who you know we're going to be looking at probably a year from now will be you know Trevor Lawrence. Where do you think? Uh, I don't know if you've been seeing him in college at least this year, but you know, obviously, you know the lore of Trevor Lawrence. Oh yeah, of course. Uh, how do you think he's going to probably adjust to the league? Well, to to get an understanding of how he might adjust, we gotta we gotta think about where he could go. What team do you think would would tank for Trevor Lawrence? Because it is a matter of a team tanking for for Trevor Lawrence to get him. Who's going to have that first overall pick? So I mean, a lot of people right now are talking. You know, a lot of people are looking at the Jags to be that team, but. You know they they've come out and they've played strong football these past couple of weeks and it doesn't seem like they're tan- like that is going to be their immediate prerogative. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know a lot of people were were talking that you know I don't know what their record is but uh, some people were arguing that the Jets might be you know a possible team that you know if Gase is fired before Halloween uh, you know they could just end up benching Sam Darnold and they could just say hey Trevor's going to be the guy that we're, that's going to run this franchise and we're going to just trade Sam for a piece. I, <laughs> I mean, I that that's actually that, and I'm not. That's not even a conspiracy theory. That is a no. Legit, that could legitimately no, happen. And that's a, and that's not even something that I've made up. That's like something that is legitimately being floated around the league right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, it's crazy. It. Um, yeah, with, I mean, I'm trying to think. You know, just from seeing Lawrence's talent, uh, do you think it's gonna tran- Do you think it's gonna translate well, well to the league? I really don't. Yeah, I really don't. Why, I think Trevor Lawrence is a solid college build player, but um. I also said the same thing about Joe Burrow before he got to the league, so you can't really you can't really take my opinion into into account. But no, I don't think Trevor Lawrence plays like an NFL type QB. Yeah, I mean it is tough. I think that Lawrence. I mean, you look at some of the guys that you know that seemed like stars in college and didn't pan out in when it got, when it turned to football. You think of a guy like a Johnny Manziel, and you think of other guys like that. And you, I think that with more mobile quarterbacks like that. You know, there is more room for error because if, you know, you either have time for injury or a guy like Manziel who was short and really couldn't, you know, do too much with his arm when, you know, he got to the league. Uh, I think a guy like Trevor Lawrence, he is more of that stationary style quarterback. Mm -hmm. And I think that he has a better chance of learning to, you know, become, you know, that more of a, you know, become more of a traditional quarterback and have more success than than some of these other more mobile guys. Mm -hmm. So I think I would say that he has the, the advantage there. I don't know if I don't know with the idea of him not playing more like a pro. I think it's just going to be whatever system he gets really put into. Is he going to be able to have success there? Because for the longest time, I guess he had like like Burrow, he hadn't lost a game I think since you know before high school. I think if he if he comes into the league and gets drafted to an organization that's going to let let him do his thing rather than forcing their thing on him, I think he'll find more success because 
he he isn't really a traditional quarterback. I mean, he shows the signs of it. He he likes to stay in the pocket, but most of the time, like you see this guy running design plays, and he doesn't even turn his head over to the other other side of the field. Yeah, you can you can make that call. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, is some you, you could that does kind of remind me of a guy. You know, I mean, I he didn't have this much as much hype coming out of college as Lawrence did. But the way you kind of just described Trevor Lawrence there almost is kind of the way that Jared Goff is described in the league right now. Exactly. Um, I mean, he's yeah. told who to throw to on some routes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Sean McVay will just be in the earpiece basically saying, Jared, uh, you got cooks in the scene. <laughs> and it's just like, okay, yeah, I'm just going to throw to that guy because, you know, coach coach said he will be Cooper Cup across the field. <laughs> exactly. It's That's all it is for him, basically. Yeah. Uh, I think Lawrence, you know, has a has more of a sense in him than, than what, you know, uh, than a guy like Goff has, I, th- I think that's just... No, you're right. He, he's definitely, um, he's not going to be an extreme system quarterback to that extent. Yeah. but uh, I mean, Goff, I mean, uh, people make people make the, you know, the joke or argument that Brady is a system quarterback. I mean, but then you look at guys like Jared Goff, he's the definition of a system quarterback. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, he has to be told where to throw to by his coach. <laughs> I mean, there, you can't really get more, much more of a system well, than that. Is that like a like a fact, or is that just like rumored? That I believe has some factual things behind it. I mean, I, I mean, I can't one hundred percent say anything. I don't have anything like written down in front of me. But, yeah. But I remember that being like a big thing. It was like that, you know. At, at least I, at least I think the report is that McVeigh would give him suggestions. <laughs> suggestions. Some strong-willed suggestions okay. is what basically would be given to him, which would wow. basically just be, hey, you got Cooper Cup. He's open. Um, that's a heck of a story, though. Oh, I mean, if that, I mean, if that has that, if that has any truth to it, then that just really says any everything about Jared Goff as a quarterback. Yeah, you know, it it really is crazy to think about. It is. Yeah, but uh, uh but you know, I believe it is seven fifty two here in here, you know here in the Coffler Center. Yep. Uh, I I hate to do it to you, Carter, but you know, on Friday on Friday September twenty third, uh, we are officially down to the wire. Down to the wire, which September twenty fifth. Which, yeah, which means we're going to be going through everything we talked about in the past hour, and you know, just you know, give a quick rundown about anything that we have. If you guys have any comments before we go off the air, real quick, just make sure to make sure to launch them all now because, you know, it's either now or never, really. Uh, in <laughs> now NBA, or Wednesday. Yeah, now <laughs> or Wednesday, really. Yeah. Uh, you know, in NBA news, we talked about the Celtics tonight. You know, it's it's do or die for them. Do or die. We I'd like to see him do it, but. Odds aren't in the favor. No, nah, not at all. Uh, we talked about, you know, Tyler Hero having himself a day, really kind of just popping off and, you know, <laughs> really just, you know, you know, having himself an excellent outing for the year. We don't like that name in Boston. <laughs> oh, no, we do not. You know, Tyler Hero, not 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 making the cut up here in Boston. But is what it is. You know, guys been playing like a monster down there. Uh, hopefully the Celtics can find some answer uh, for him tonight, but – you know, we're gonna we're just gonna have to wait and see. Tip off, I believe, is in about thirty minutes. Uh, we we have the L.A. Lakers, you know, going up three one against the Denver Nuggets. It looks like it's gonna be a heat, like it's gonna be heat, uh, like it's gonna be a heat um, Lakers finals. But LeBron uh, against his former team, I'd love to see that. That's gonna be one heck of a storyline, especially yeah. especially with a guy like Jimmy Butler, who is you know you can make the argument that he's strong willed. Some some people might might say he's pig headed. But you know he's just gonna <laughs> pig-headed. I like that. Some people he's just gonna come in there and do whatever he needs to do yeah. to win. You know it. I mean, you know Jimmy Butler isn't gonna go down without a fight. Even though I think he will go down, he will not go down without a fight. He's gonna go down, you know, and he's not he's not gonna go easily. And not just Jimmy that. Butler. That Heat team is not going down without a fight. Oh, for sure. I'm the only reason I say Jimmy Butler is because he's 100. percent You know, he's completely changed the culture. Yeah, he's there. that. He's the face of that team. Mm-hmm. 
In MLB news, we talked about uh, Kansas City Royals outfielder Alex Gordon, uh, you know, calling it quits after 14 years. Uh, Gordon is a three-time All-Star and seven-time Gold Glover for the for the uh, Royals. He also helped them reach the World Series in 14 and win it in 15. You know, great great career for a, a great player. Uh, probably isn't Hall of Fame worthy, but, you know, congratulations to Alex, and he'll be retiring at the end of this week. So best of luck to him. We talked uh, Walker Bueller making his final tune-up start before the postseason. He did pretty he did pre- pretty well. Um, if he's if he's good to go, we'll be uh, 100%. He'll be an amazing piece for them, you know, going in. Uh, we also talked about the Cubs planning to have reduced capacity at Wrigley Field for the 2021 LLB season. Uh, this is basically based on medical advice and city ordinances. Uh, you know, do you think that other teams are probably going to end up doing stuff like this? I mean, I'd like I'd like to see it. Yeah. Because um, baseball without fans is really not much at all. Yeah, I mean, it it really does take a lot out of the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is tough to say, nonetheless. You know, I'd love to. I, I'm hoping that I can get to a Sox game at some point in 2021. Yeah, definitely. Me too. Hopefully, be able to do something. I know you guys are going to be playing pep band at the Sox. You're supposed to be. You guys were going to be doing the national anthem, and that would have been. I I was planning to go to that game. I mean, I had my ticket and everything. <laughs> I was re- I was ready to go. Oh no, yeah, I was ready to go too. I mean, that was that was going to be, be awesome fun. to see you guys there. Yeah, it was going to be a ton of fun. Uh, in the NFL, we in the NFL we talked about Bill Belichick showing up to a press conference, uh, basically looking like he'd just gotten attacked by, you know, really just he kind of looked like he came out of the last Mad Max movie, you know, he, <laughs> he, he you know he he looked rough, but oh man, but I mean you know the guy's just dedicated and married to the game and you know good for Bill Belichick, yeah. you know uh, we also talked Justin Herbert being announced as the starter for Week Three by Anthony Lynn. Uh, great news to see him getting getting his shot. I mean, Tyrod Taylor's hurt. We don't. I, I even though we're not the biggest Tyrod Taylor fans, don't like to see a guy hurt. But let's see if Herbert can really capitalize. I hope he can. He yeah. deserves it. Uh, we talked about the we talked about you know the real basically the garbage bowl of you know Fitzpatrick <laughs> versus uh, Minshew mania on Thursday night. The garbage Re- bowl. Yeah, really, really nothing much to talk about. Uh, Fitzpatrick did have three touchdowns in that game. Had a nice pass to Mike Gesicki, which was really kind of the highlight of the night. Uh, we talked Russell Wilson. Will he finally break through and win the MVP? Uh, we're hoping so. I mean, you know, the guy's the guy's electric. We can only hope. It's a little too early to tell right now, but yeah, got to get to about midseason before yeah. we can really make any solid predictions. Mm-hmm. Love to see him do it, but you but know. I mean, last year we knew Lamar Jackson from the start was going to be our MVP. Oh, without question. I mean, and now you just got to see: are those is a guy like is a Jackson and is a Mahomes gonna are they gonna get off to that same start? Mm-hmm. So we're only going to have to wait and see with that. Uh, we talked to, also in Seahawks news. We talked to Marshawn Lynch, possibly, you know, saying that if the Seahawks ever need him at any point, he'll he'll be you know like he'll be that you know late that he'll be that late inning you know pitcher coming out of the bullpen to yeah. you know hopefully close things out for the Seahawks. Love to see him back in back in football in any sort of in any sort of way. You know, he said that he is that he would have to consult it with his kid, but he said it's not out of the question. Uh, love to see Marshawn back at some point. Uh, we also talked to the Saints. Are they are they going to be able to bounce back against the Packers? Going to definitely be a tough one. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to give the Saints too much to handle on Sunday. Uh, and then we also ended up just talking about other NFL matchups. Really, just anything. Really, just basically anything. You guys, a little of. bit of a Week Three preview. Yeah. Yeah. No. So basically, that was your guys' Week Three preview. We'll be back on Wednesday to talk to talk some more stuff. Uh, you guys have either been listening on Facebook. We thank you guys so much for tuning in, or you guys thank have you. been tuned in on the radio or web player. Uh, you've, you've been listening to WJMF 88.7 HD2 Smithfield Providence, or you've been tuned in at J, WJMFRadio.com. 
I'm Brian Costa. And I'm Carter Adams. And this has been Down the Wire. We'll see you guys on Wednesday. Have a good one, you guys. Thank you guys for listening.